Welcome to another episode of So You Can Hear Me When I'm Gone. I'm your host, Dallin Perry. If you're a first-time listener, this is the podcast where we explore the lives and journeys of various family members. We enjoy hearing their stories and experiences and hope to capture wisdom and truth to share with future generations. In this episode, we interview Jan Anderson, our sister. I'm also joined by my brother, Mike Perry. We talk mostly about homeschooling and child-rearing philosophy. I hope you all enjoy. What's up, Jans? Hi. Jans. Howdy, howdy, hey. Hey. I've got a little one on my lap. Oh, it's the Ruth <laughs> Bottoms. And, ha- and how is Ruth? Um, At Ruthens. We'll see how happy she stays for how long she stays, or how long she stays happy. There we go. That's- yeah. That is always the, the question. Well, so Jans, what's new in your life? Anything? What's new in my life? Yeah. Uh, define new. <laughs> Recent. Something that is not old. You know, a new a new hat, new socks, perhaps. That 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 could count as being new in your life. Bought a few sweaters. That was the first time I've gone shopping for myself, like physically gone to the store and bought something for myself in like two years. So that was weird, like going to a clothing store and trying on stuff. Mm. I haven't been able to do that in two or three years. Or I haven't taken the time to do that or something. That's something new. Yeah. Yeah. I got a, I'm in the primary presidency, so I was going to have a meeting today and that got canceled so uh oh everybody's Whose sick. fault was that oh everybody's sick not doing the presidency meeting today otherwise it's gonna have two zoom meetings today i see oh slow down slow down yeah, no one no one wants that otherwise it's just kids taking care of kids you know the everyday humdrum stuff tell us about this humdrum jans yeah, Jans. Uh, well, I get woken up several times through the night. Then I officially get up at about 8 or 8.30. Sounds hopefully, miserable. Hopefully I don't wake up from the kids fighting. Hopefully that's not what I'm waking up from. Mm. Or somebody jumping on me. <laughs> yeah. uh, Interesting. See, I'm like peering into my future, you know, like yeah. Lydia is still young. I'm like, oh boy. Yeah. Somebody <laughs> jumping on you in the middle of the night. Oh, joy. Yeah. Or getting woken up in the middle of the night. Amelia usually wakes up at about four. Usually she wakes up on and asks him for a glass of milk. She takes about two sips and then she's done. I grow <laughs> up with dad and go back to sleep. I uh, I started burning some sage, and all my kids started whining. I I can't breathe, Dad. And I was like, I bet you can't, demons. Good. <laughs> <laughs> That's awful. That's funny. <laughs> I always wonder why do they want dinner every single night? <laughs> uh, tonight I got on their case because I just spent an hour and a half making dinner, and then. And they want immediately after their friends left, they came in and started to raid the pantry and was like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> no, we're not doing that. <laughs> not happening. Anyway, but yeah, we're doing homeschool. So that's up and going right now. Oh, yeah. snap. So that takes up uh, more time than Jacob would like it to. But <laughs> <laughs> Not as much time as I could make it. <laughs> very diplomatic sounding of you. <laughs> no, it only takes about an hour. How uh, have you been researching like curriculums at all with that, or are you just kind of going? I've been you know, research- still pretty young. Yeah, he's. A, we're just doing kindergarten. We did preschool last year, um, so we just got some kindergarten level math, and he's learning how to read and. Um, he learned all of his sounds last year and all the alphabet sounds and 
Um, so, yeah. wait, kindergarten, preschool, did you do something like an online preschool? No, I did a, something at home. I just did, took them through a, um, a really easygoing curriculum. Mm. It was fun, and he liked it, and he really learned his letters really well. He was really ready for it, and it added some structure to our to our days, which was good going through winter, especially while I was pregnant. And, gotcha. And it's winter time, you know, I can't go on all the outings. Yeah. Well, yeah. I heard about uh, online preschool that starts yeah. at like four years old called Waterford Upstart. Oh. Apparently all my coworkers put their kids through it. It's like a thing that all my coworkers are doing, apparently. I just learned about it today. Well, I have my own philosophies on education, but mm. do tell. Well, that's a that's what are a some highlights. <laughs> yeah, I've talked to Dad about education for hours. Yeah, because he's an educator, and you know he's interested in the topic, and I'm interested in the topic, so it tends to be Pedagogy. something. Yeah, rattle on about it for a while though. Pedagogical discussions. Pretty much. It's pretty fun. I like it. It's interesting stuff. And then there's lots of different curriculums, different lines of thought. He is, the way we differ, though, is that he's more the higher education, obviously. And um, there's different lines of thought for elementary years because there's a giant gap in the development of the brain and abilities of the person that you're teaching from elementary to college. So... Yeah, isn't that gap uh, like a decade or so? <laughs> yeah. yeah, some massive brain development in there. So there's a lot of different ways you teach that. Well, how should it be taught, Jans? Uh, elementary. Elementary years should be taught gently and very full of lots of exploration and topics and not over academic eyesed what's the word for that uh intellectualized i don't know there you go well intellectualized is a little bit different yeah i suppose but it is i guess what uh, your coworkers are doing would be pushing academics on a child who's too young for them mm. especially in an online setting especially preschool preschool should not be ever be done online that's absurd Preschool should be about um, feeling and exploring with your senses and enjoying the world around you. Teaching a child about the joy of the world around them. It should not be more than that. If they're interested in letters and sounds like Jacob was, then by all means. But it's not forced to be mastered or discussed too much. So it's not forced on them. Anyway. Anyway, that's a brief overview of my, well, it's not really an overview, yeah. educational philosophies. Yeah, exactly. So what is the purpose of education at this age? At this age is to educate the heart. As opposed to? Only the mind. Should not be isolated to so mind we, academics. The are heart. We talk are we talking about instilling values and ethics and morality? Or are you talking about... No, because at this age, there's a reason why the age of accountability is set at the way it is. Brain development-wise, they just can't understand morals very well. So it's like I was talking about with preschool. It's enjoying it's exploring the world around them, learning the joy of the world, being in the world. Developing relationships is huge developing a strong attachment to those things and especially people that you want them attached to that they want those deep bonds with especially with their parents that's, that's what the early years should be about how do you think you're doing how is it coming along oh that's a good complicated question there <laughs> i fail <laughs> and excel daily yeah, I mean, I was talking about this with 
Tiff just the other day, it seems like we were talking about how it, th- there's like no feedback yeah. that is trustworthy with being a parent because like, you're like, I guess I'll get my test results in 25 years from now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. It's like, like if they okay, turn well, out to be I a good adult. <laughs> Yeah. Try tomorrow, but I can't really change the past. Sorry, I messed you up. Yeah, so and if you if you listen to them, right, it's just, they're just screaming at you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, yeah, especially the age that you're at right now. That's just, yeah, yeah, that lasts for the next year and a half. I lay down on the couch eating an apple, and she just, like, walks over. It's like, eh, 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 eh. You're like, what? a bite. Yeah. I'm like, all right, here you go. So we started sharing an apple. And then you like get up and walk away and ah, screams at you. <laughs> yeah, that's the age that's like, okay, can we start using words, please? Seems yeah. like that's always the age. We used to do that to dad. He'd have like the greatest <laughs> yeah. food and we'd like go over there. He Little bird. <laughs> yeah. He, dad, dad was incredible though, because even into my like teenage years, I'd like walk through the kitchen. I'd like open up the fridge. And I'm like, oh, there's nothing in here. And walk over to the, you know, the pantry. Ugh, there's nothing in here. Mom, there's nothing to eat. And then dad walks through. Oh, pulls out like some hamburger from the freezer, pulls out some buns. I don't know, found them in the back or something. And like starts whipping up these delicious home grilled burgers it's like, what? I didn't even know any of this stuff was in here. Dad, in my mind, was a magician that way. It's true. He could just pull stuff out and just be like, well, that looks good. Can I have some? <laughs> no. <laughs> or like, it's like they're like leftovers, but it's like, well, I saw those leftovers but it didn't in the like Tupperware, it. but they did not look like that. Like, you made that look good. I'm <laughs> no, hungry no. now. Is there any more? Nope, there's yeah. all of it. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And then he'd get like five bites. (laughs) I know. Because everybody (laughs) reads. All his work and gets like five bites. Gosh dang it. That was awesome. I remember those days. I remember doing that too. (laughs) And with mom with the graham crackers and peanut butter and uh, raisins. Mom was pretty good at it too, honestly. Yeah, she'd make up us little graham cracker things. One for you, one for you. Or sometimes it was chocolate chips instead of raisin. The half gallon ice cream. She doesn't like those memories. She doesn't like doing that. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't like doing that, that now. But, but yeah, good good times there. Sitting with mom on the couch, <laughs> ice cream. Well, so what else about childhood? What about growing up, you know? Stands uh, out. <laughs> you know, like school, you're putting your kids through school. Do you ever think back to your education? Oh, all the time. All the time. It's one of the reasons why I'm homeschooling. <laughs> mm. One of the reasons. There are many sure. reasons. I've literally written a document of her. It's a couple pages long. What the heck? You're producing essays on homeschooling? Jans, you need to share that. It's not really creating curriculum. (laughs) Far from creating, but I am um, critiquing. And um, one of the pieces of advice I've always been told is write down the reasons why you want to homeschool because when it gets hard, Mm. you don't want the reminder. That actually makes a lot of sense. That does. Sounds like good advice probably apply it to a whole bunch of other areas yeah Yeah, right write down why you're doing what you're doing and look back on it so jans tell us why are you doing what you're doing uh i have to go review my list (laughs) i can't remember though well well what kicked you off to homeschooling first and then jump into like your reasons now for wanting to um, well, I started out thinking about childhood years and I wished I'd been homeschooled longer. Um, it was harder to do homeschool back then though, because nowadays there's all sorts of options. They've got the homeschool, the curriculum is just 
they just walk you through it. And they even the one I've got even tells you what to say to the kid. <laughs> and they're just like, here's the explanation. Here's what you do. Is that all- motivating at all? Having so much re- so many resources. Oh yeah. Yeah. So mom mom didn't she homeschooled me for um she tried to homeschool me through preschool or um kindergarten and then first grade, but I was I think I was just too young. I just it wasn't applicable to my life. I just really didn't care to learn what she was trying to teach me. I didn't really care what the letters were or their sounds. <laughs> I just wanted to go run around and play outside on the property. So it, it wasn't it wasn't something I was curious about. So I didn't really want to learn about it. And so she was really having to pull teeth to get me to do it. And I was doing it with Stacy, which I mean, best friends. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> so um when I already don't want to do it. Um so I got held back. So then all through the years, you know, there's that like, oh yeah, I was held back. Mm. But it ended up being good academically, but socially it wasn't as great. But I've never been really great at social stuff anyway, so still learning that. Yeah, is that like a family curse? Of ours. Yeah. <laughs> well, Andina taught, I was talking to Andina about it. She was like, that seems to be like a Perry thing that we just like don't really want or need. We don't really seem to need any exterior friendships a whole lot. We just kind of like our family is our friends and we just kind of stick with that and we're good. Like we don't really have a lot of close relationships outside of our family and i was like yeah that, that sounds right <laughs> sounds about right pretty yeah. much the story of perry's yeah <laughs> it's like we don't really get except for when we get spouses that's that's pretty much the extent of it that's yeah like i don't need anything more than that i just need to family and I don't know some people really are anyway that's a tangent anyway <laughs> school was uh, school was hard for me um, academically it was when I had good teachers it was good but I just always felt like I was what I really wanted was just to be home with mom. Like I just really, in those early years, I just missed that time. Hmm. Even though I was always out running around on the property. It was like, I could all, there was that, that safe zone, you know, that, okay, but I'm going to go back to mom. That's she's there. You know, she's always there. And even, even though I was at school, but it felt like I got torn away from her and got put into this foreign world that I had no idea how to navigate. And she wasn't there to help me. And it was really difficult. And I struggled with it the whole time. For how long is school? 18 years? No, that's 15 years. Something like no, that. no, no. Something like that. Yeah. Always something I struggled with. Hmm. This, this motivates you to homeschool? Or are you just saying, yeah, that's what it was when I was a kid? Um, no, it's a motivator. It's one of the factors. Um, but I was also an introvert and it was, and, um, so I have to be aware that my kids are not me, obviously. They're not born with my weaknesses, my tendencies, my social tendencies. Um, Jacob is a lot more social than I am. He's a lot more of a, of an extrovert. Than I am, um, of or either me or John. Um, so I try to fulfill those needs that he has, but have some balance there. Um, so we're, but COVID is kind of making that hard too. So 
kind of have social time when we can. It's nice to have um, his cousins on the Anderson side. He has um, four boy cousins there that live just over at Grandma Anderson's house, just a few minutes away. Yeah, that is nice. Cousins are great. Cousins are awesome, but they're um, not homeschooling. So now the school started there. So we go over there on Saturdays and catch them after school and stuff. So you're finding you have to occasionally check yourself in wanting to compensate perhaps for your, your own uh, weaknesses or things that you didn't like about how you were raised or grew up. You want to make sure that it wasn't that way for your kids. We have to remember, and my kids aren't me. Right. Yeah, basically. But it's hard to, um, uh, it's hard to know where the line is. It's hard to know which ones it's like, yeah, that's something that needs to be continued that should be watched out for. And other things it's like, okay, this isn't a big deal because they're a different person. Let it go. Like, I know there's a lot of, I've healed a lot from my, from all sorts of things growing up that happened, but I think there's still some healing that needs to happen there in order for me to really stop letting it affect now, but I don't know how much mm-hmm. you can really do that because you only have one frame of reference. Like I try to put myself in their shoes when I'm just to know what they're going through, to have some compassion with what they're going through. And I have to, my only frame of reference is my own experience. So that's makes it interesting for parenting. It's kind of a. Yeah. What helps you in those moments? The the perplexing moments, perhaps, where you're you're like, I don't remember feeling this way as a kid. I don't understand what you're going through right now. Oh uh, yeah, that one's hard. Sometimes I talk to John about it because sometimes it's like, oh, that's a boy thing. Oh uh, well, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but I just don't. Obviously, I just don't really get that aspects of that of childhood needs that boys have that girls don't. Um, I think I, know, I talk about Jacob a lot because he's been my first and my most challenging for me. Yeah, he's been the one that to um, carve a lot of rough edges off of me. Unfortunately for him. <laughs> That's what a lot of people pass around anecdotally, you know, the first one trains the parents. It's true. It's it's true. Yeah. I don't know who does the training. It's like the, I don't know who's more more trained, me or him. (laughs) Is this, dad and I were talking about a similar vein here with come to the realization, you know, he's counseling, you know, you get wisdom from your folks throughout your life and then you kind of find out, you know, they have their own biases, you know, their own worries mixed with, you know, Oh, I had this X, Y, Z experience from my parents and I don't want my kids to go through that. Um, And so it's inherent bias where it's like, well, you know, this actually would have benefited your children just fine. It wouldn't have benefited you very much, and it didn't. And that's what you hated about your parents doing it. But if you'd actually done it with your kids, they would have been fine or something like that. Or or the yeah. fact that your kids are very different from you, so they actually, you know, your first is very different from you, so they actually would handle, you know, a, a given situation very differently from you. So there's kind of a, um, I don't know, a gap of of experience there. Or, or putting yourself in their shoes, which I think is helpful getting to know their personality or understanding your kid's personality a little bit better so that, or maybe yeah. just going forward with faith. Oh, there's lots of faith there. Yeah. Lots of faith. I, oh my gosh. 
can't even tell you how much time I spend praying. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, I go through my days just like, what, what do I do? How do I handle this? And it's been really cool because at times when I'm really receptive to really wanting to know and um, when I really do need to be taught, it's it's been cool to actually experience the spirit teaching me, like in the moment. And I've had a few experiences like that, a handful of experiences so far of that happening, of just being, of actually not reacting in anger for once and just taking a step back and going, okay, I say a quick prayer here. Heavenly Father, how do I how do I deal with this situation? And really every time it has come down to the relationship I have with the child and work within their relationship. It's it, that it's surprising how much of parenting is about working with a relationship. How much discipline is actually just working with the relationship to an extent. Obviously there's a lot of immaturity there too, that it's just like, okay, we got to set up boundaries here and this don't cross the boundaries or X, Y, or Z happens or whatever. I've been noticing as Jacob is hitting stage, he's uh, getting into this older stage. Now he's five and his ability to reason is, better now and he just I have to work within the relationship a lot more and can you give me a, an example of what you're talking about I feel like you're just like you I left know, me in the dust with this <laughs> work within the relationship concept oh it took me a long time because I read um, Gordon Neufeld's book um, Hold On To Your Kids excellent book excellent book um but I have to keep going back to it because it's like the concepts that he's talking about are like, oh my gosh, he just went way over my head. And I don't know how else to say it. It's like, like if he's upset at me before saying no to him for something, which is all the time. Um, one of the ways to get her to get, it's, it's to come alongside him. It's to go, you know what? I know that that's hard. Come alongside Jacob, you mean? Yeah. You, come you coming alongside him. him. Not just physically, but like, okay, let's, Emotional. how can I not be on opposing sides to him? Yeah. How can I get on the same? Be, be empathetic, kind of understand him. But it's not just empathy. It's, um, it's teaching and empathy and also just trying to, it's that, forming that connection, that relationship and going and, and using that, staying within the good aspects of our, our relationship. And I don't know. Um, Is this an extension of teaching the heart? Yes. Not the mind? Yes. I would think so. Yeah. Um, it well, is. Let me give an example and you tell me if I've wrong or, or if I'm wrong or how I've deviated. So it's, I had a coworker who starts describing some situation to me about, you know, whatever. And obviously she's made a bunch of stupid decisions in my narrow minded opinion. And my knee jerk would be like, okay, you've done this, that, and the other wrong. If you just do this, you know, obviously the problem would be fixed. You know, uh, if you just take the nail out of your head, you know, that stabbing pain you're complaining about would, you know, be gone. <laughs> but instead of doing that, you know, I kind of divorced myself from the situations sort of like mentally or, or kind of pulled back on the investment in the situation and been like, yeah, that's really difficult. What are you going to do? What's your plan? And then that opened them up to be like, oh, look, I've been validated. Hey, I'm, and then they start telling me more about the situation and more about the situation. And then, you know, the conversation ends or whatever, but they've walked away going, feeling much better about themselves, feeling much better about me. 
feeling much better about the relationship. The relationship somehow now has emotionally grown more, you know, even outside of my own understanding of it. But they now appreciate me more just just a little bit. I'm not talking leaps and bounds, but just just a smidgen more. And then, you know, that builds up over time. So suddenly I've got, you know, this person that actually really, you know, they they really like me somehow. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's actually surprising. Where How did this happen? Right. And so those little building blocks over time. That's an excellent way of doing it. That's I so, mean, well, applying that to your kids, then is that is that what Newfeld is talking about, or what you're pulling from that, or am I? What I don't want to put words in your mouth, but is that? Yeah, it's basically, um, yeah. Um, well, for example, me and Jacob right now are working on not interrupting each other. He gets really mm. upset, when we're cutting him off. Um, he he gets upset when you cut him off. Yeah. Um, cause you know, he's a little kid and I know what he's thinking and he's, we've done this situation over and over again. It's, it's a daily occurrence. I know what he's saying. I know what he's, so I have to like, okay, but shut and just let him finish. Cause that makes him feel heard and validated. And like, I'm actually listening and caring for him and what he has to say. So it's those basic, you know, relationship skills. <laughs> Interesting. Be quiet. Yeah. Listen. Well, and he <laughs> seems to be at that age where he, he at least in our narrow experience, um, he gets so excited, at, you know, Uncle Dow, Uncle Dow, and he's trying to, he's, he's like stumbling over the words, just trying yeah. to even get him out because he's so excited. He's got to tell me about this, you know, whatever it is. And he can't, he's, <laughs> he sometimes has a hard time forming the sentence. So then yeah. I can imagine it can be magnified if he's, you know, it's something he's emotional about or he's upset about or if he's struggling with or or is excited about. It. He's like, Mom, I got to tell you about this thing. And being able to form all those sentences to get it out and be like, you know, I've been heard. I've been validated. Well, especially because, you know, when you're upset about something, it's it's well, it's different because, you know, we have the self-awareness as adults to go, oh, well, it's not this situation that I'm really upset about. It's this deeper problem. Well, a child doesn't see that. And so like with your coworker, yeah, you can get alongside her like that. Um, but when you're dealing with the immaturity of a child, it's, it plays out a little bit differently. Um, what do you do? How do you, how do you work with that new play? Well, every situation is a little bit different. It's like, and and I have to work with myself because like I'm feeling really emotional today or I'm feeling really overwhelmed today and I have to, it's re- I'm getting better at it, but it's really been hard for me to go and like put aside the way I'm feeling and keep that patience and keep that. Okay. But five years from now, it doesn't, this situation will not matter the way I made him feel overall will matter that's what's going to last because that's what's staying in his heart is how i made him feel about himself about this about our relationship it's not and i'm i I don't mean to sound like an expert because i am by no means an expert i'm fail at this all the time it is a really difficult thing to do deep yeah this is this is the education of the heart you're talking about Right. And it's a, it's not an easy thing to do, but it's, it's the higher road. There are easier ways of parenting. There are ways of getting through the parenting years and look, my kid's out of the house and raised, but to do it well is takes it to a whole new difficulty level. It's, it's very challenging. Every single day taxes you to your limit. If I were listening to this, years later well if you're if it was your your uh kids i think there would be some comfort knowing that you uh, spend so much time praying for one thing and just thinking about this you know yeah i've been very intentional about it yeah i hope that gives them comfort (laughs) yeah you know you're showing up i'm sorry for even though i was so intentional about it. I'm sorry I messed up as much as I did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but you're trying every single day. Yeah. Yeah, I am trying to. 
I hope I keep improving over time. I have an image of the mother I want to be, but I've had to let go of that image because it just brings anxieties that aren't really necessary because I'm not going to be that mother. I'm going to be me. Duh. But what that looks like, I haven't discovered it yet. I'm trying my best just to do, just to follow the prophet and be, do that regular repentance, that daily repentance, and just keep improving. That's, I'm just trying to do that. It's difficult enough doing that without worrying about fitting an image of some mother that's amazing and wonderful. And Perfection. Yeah, because the more I've talked with mothers, more experienced than myself, the more I discover that they're not like that either. <laughs> Even ones that I've had on the pedestal and gone, man, you are just an amazing mom. And I, as I've gotten to talk with them, it's like, oh, you're not though. Like you make mistakes too. I probably wouldn't have done that with my kids, but you felt it was right for your kids. So, cause whatever kids you get kind of forms what kind of parent you become too. If I had a different set of kids, I'd probably become a different kind of mom. I don't know. Do you, well, I've got two questions and, and then kind of a follow-up as far as that goes, but the distinction of revelation. So, cause I know we all have our own plan and you've got your own plan. Like, Oh, okay. You know, this is how I want to do overall my overarching, you know, A to Z plan. And then there's, you know, when the rubber actually hits the road, what I'm actually doing on a day to day basis. So, and then have you received revelation as far as like the overall plan as well as what do I do in this moment? For my kids? Yeah, for kids. Just because it seems like, well, you've already described, you know, I mean, a moment to moment, it's like, okay, what am I doing for this kid in this moment? What do I need to do in this situation? I'm at a loss. And then boom revelation hits you and you know what you need to do in that given moment. But then there's also the, you know, what direction do I need to be heading here overall? Well, yeah. There's two different uh, kinds of revelation there or, or answer. Yeah. Uh, I'd say it's more, I don't know. Revelation to me is more like a, um, like a, okay, I got this answer to this question at this time. What I feel like I've gotten is more inspiration. It's that those little nudgings, the little thoughts, the, yeah, let's keep heading in this direction. That's, that's good. Yep. That keeps being good. That's, oh, look, this is a resource. This is a good resource. Let's analyze this resource that's fallen into our lap randomly. Oh, well, this person talked about this, you know, it just, it leads itself and it keeps, and if you're, I've just kept trying to be prayerful about it. And so it, it, it keeps leading to good things. And so I've discovered many good resources to draw on and form this kind of vision. It's a loose vision, but it's a, it's a heading. Do you, looking back, you know, after, you know, doing this for years, you know, doing the day-to-day, receiving that revelation day-to-day and, and praying for that revelation today and receiving that inspiration day-to-day or week-by-week or whatever, though this is, the, and you start heading in that direction. As you're doing that, you know, years go by. Yeah. Years of you making those decisions, you know, choosing to follow that revelation over and over and over again. So as you look back, do you see a pattern? Do you see a direction that's forming? Oh, Yeah. Yeah, that's why I was talking about the the heart learning. That's been a, a common theme over the last since oh, for the last three years. And do you it, keep a journal? Yeah, I do. I should more. Well, so should everybody. I'm not trying to say that. I just I'm curious. You know, how do you remember these little bits of inspiration that you're talking about? Um, because it's I guess because it's recent enough, but I have written about some of it. I try to write it down, but really the way I use a journal is to kind of like, I'm feeling overwhelmed and I just need to get it all on paper so that my it's not all in my head. And so ever since I've been married, John's been my sounding board instead of my journal being my sounding board. <laughs> so I don't 
write as much as I used to. I still do though, because he can't always be my sounding board and sometimes it's just too much that's too intricate for me to even describe in words. Hmm. So even if I was to go back and read my journal, somebody else could read my journal and be like, what? And I would, if I was to go right back and read it, it would jog a memory and like all these thoughts connected to what I had written would come up because it wasn't just what I had written. It was a fan, if you will, of things. Anyway, is that off topic? No, not at all. Not at all. Um, uh, the trope book, uh, men are from Mars. Women are from Venus. He describes this technique of, he calls it love letter writing. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's essentially like ways to communicate and communicate your own feelings so that you can process them yourself. So it's like, Oh, okay. You know, I'm having this experience with, you know, Jacob or whatever, and he's really frustrating me. And, you know, how do I describe this to him? And, and, and you finding that you're getting your, your own emotions are getting in the way of you being able to address the situation. So, so essentially what you do is, is this love letter is what he calls it, but there's, you know, I think there's five topics on the letter and you just go through them. And it's, and it's basically just your feelings and you're very candid and very direct and it's usually short or you, know, you kind of play it by ear, but you know, okay, you know, Jacob, I'm, I'm angry at you for doing this. It, this makes me angry, blah, blah, blah. It makes me sad when you do this. It makes me, um, you know, I, I feel hurt when you do this. I'm grateful that you do this. What I'd like to see from you is this. And then by the time you've written that letter out, you know, and you're not going to necessarily give that to him, but it gives you this place to vent in a very kind of structured way that it actually addresses your needs, your barriers, if you will, or your, your needs so that you get done and you're like, you've actually kind of purged, not purged yourself, but yeah, kind of extracted these feelings in, in some kind of productive way. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that would be very productive because <laughs> um, I think one of the reasons why I get angry is because I'm not fully being aware of all those things, those five th things in the letters and need to address them because it's like, okay, what's really, what am I really actually upset about here? Because one day... I address this problem in one way and the next day I address it in a different way and the difference is how I'm feeling. So being honest with myself about how I'm feeling, those questions would actually help with that integrity of heart, I guess, heart and mind. Is that what you're getting at? Yeah, no, absolutely. What are some of your, your, your big worries going into or motivating you, I guess? for homeschooling learning about the current state of education and um of public education and um the foundation of the current public education system is all based on falsehoods and i don't want my children to be a part of that system that's one aspect of it um, another is the social aspect and uh, like um, Gordon Neufeld talks about uh, one of the main reasons why kids are the way they are these days is because they're they're peer peer oriented and they don't really care what the adults think they have not been taught to they're not attached to the adults in their lives. And so they are not going to emulate those adults in their lives. They are attached to their peers. And so they are emulating their peers. And so the whole part. And, so and so they're oh, emulating, emulating their peers. They're, they're copying them. And that's a horrible thing to copy. You don't want to copy somebody who's your own maturity level or below. You need to be copying and trying to be better than you are. And that's to emulate people who are older than you have a higher maturity level than you. Yeah. I looked up this book here. Need to, um, 
hold on to your kids. Why parents need need to matter more than peers. Um, one of the more disturbing trends of our time, children today looking to their peers for direction, their values, identity, and codes of behavior. This peer orientation undermines family cohesion, interferes with healthy development, and fosters a hostile and sexualized youth culture. Children end up becoming overly conformist, desensitized, and alienated, and being cool matters more to them than anything else. Pretty much. That's the, that's another aspect of it. So, And then there's... I don't know there's smaller things in there um, of why choosing to homeschool too, but those are two big ones. There's also things like development of the mind and the body and not, and how the school system runs counter to that. Like one example is just sleep, getting enough sleep. It makes a huge difference on development and kids don't get enough of it. Um, another, aspect is the social things which yeah we've already touched on um i can't remember my whole list (laughs) but those are some of the reasons why i'm choosing to homeschool instead i just think it's a better environment especially in the younger years of a of development of a child's growth and in a family environment being taught with multiple ages around them and um that's another another one she's got this growling thing it's really funny <laughs> you hear it yeah i can hear it <laughs> she's adorable she's only seven months old and she's growling it's really funny <laughs> <laughs> john holds his holds her and her favorite thing is to just have him kind of walk around with her facing out and she just kind of bounces and she just is all smiles bouncing around growling <laughs> <laughs> hilarious yeah hi it's getting to be her bedtime well you know it's getting to be bedtime for all of us we've been talking for a while um it's okay if we wanted to wrap up i suppose what are the questions you have to round it out well the first one that i like for people to answer is how do you find peace in this chaotic random wild world Mm. still discovering my answer to that one but so far prayer listening to the prophet president nelson's very comforting so is the uh i try to keep the bigger picture in mind the the temple bigger picture you know you go to the temple and you you get this eternal perspective and it's like okay everything really is going to be okay you know that that common phrase of well it's not okay well then it's not the end yet and that's i butchered it of course but basically that well it's it does it's it's the end and it's not okay well then it's not the end yet it's just keep going mm. and i try to limit my use of the news <laughs> not to listen to the news too much because that's mm. really discouraging and disheartening so i try to keep away from that and then i just try to keep i find that i'm having finding a lot of peace as i am right with the lord if i'm doing the things that i need to do to keep myself right with him, I have a lot more peace in my heart. Um, it, it seems to be like less of a, an importance of what's going on around me. It's like, I know that I'm good with him. And there's a lot of peace in that. And then that, the, and, and knowing that I'm heading in the direction that he wants me to be heading in and improving in the ways that he wants me to be improving in right now. There's peace in working on that and, and trying to improve myself in those ways. There's, there's peace in that effort and in that obedience. I've, I've been finding lately peace in obedience. Even if it's just a small way of obeying, it's still, I'm, I'm still putting in that effort to obey especially in daily scripture reading and daily prayer that, and not just quick prayers like I do a lot, but as I'm running around, but an actual like 
okay, we're going to have a genuine check-in kind of prayer. Yeah. Those kinds of things give me peace. I'm listening yeah. to uplifting things like, um, or reading uplifting things like Sherry Dew or Sister Beck. Those powerhouse women. They are powerhouse women. You're a powerhouse woman, Jans. Oh, thanks, Dale. <laughs> Do you have anything you want to say to, uh, you know, your children or future generations who might be listening to you, you know, down the road, maybe after you're dead and gone? Oh, boy. That's a long ways away. Hopefully. <laughs> Um, to my kids, I'd probably say, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I did the best I could. <laughs> um, but I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> and, um, I hope that what I am putting my effort into is something that will be felt for generations. Um, even in subtle ways, I've had that. We've had that privilege in our own family with our own grandmothers, our own grandparents um, on both sides, and I hope to be like that one day. I want to grow up to be just like them. Mm, a fine goal, to be sure. Difficult, but there's subtlety in it. I'm finding. It's, difficult to put a finger on but it's in those relationships relationships are the bread and butter of this life it's the whole reason we're here well one of the many one of the reasons yeah it's what we take with us it's one of the things that we can take with us that and our knowledge right like nothing else really goes beyond that i mean the, the whole temple is built around all the covenants that we make are built around that. It's very important relationships that we build with each other. Not that I'm super great at it, but I'm trying to get better. Well, so are we all. Those are my those are my late night and late night thoughts here. Appreciate it, Jans. I appreciate your thoughts. It's been a good discussion. Yeah. Ask me tomorrow; they might be different. good and bad ways <laughs> Aye. Aye. Well, thanks for being on everybody yeah we appreciate the time Jans very much yeah, Jans we're gonna have to do it again thanks for yeah. carving it out for us this yeah. was fun good good to talk to you guys yeah you too love you guys love, love you too, too Jans Take love care you of too yourself. John you peach yeah. thanks John yeah 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 the Ruthens.